Racing. Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico. And he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Green light is on for the Green Light On podcast. Yes, howdy, hello, welcome to the GLO podcast. All things Meadows for Saturday night. Looking forward to this little program, in particular one greyhound who goes around by the name of Postman Pat. We'll chat a little bit more in depth about him in just a moment, but straight off the top, uh, Corey Smith, he's uh, rustling around in the background. Smithy, how are you, mate? Going well, Jim. Thank you for having me on once again. And yeah, you're obviously alluding to uh, Postman Pat, who could be the hottest prospect in Greyhound Racing. But I tell you what, it is an absolute cracker of a card. Seven other Group 1, well, not other, but seven Group 1 winners on the card, none of which are Postman Pat. So it'll be interesting to see whether he can uh, he can get the job done as well. I'll tell you what, I'm absolutely pumped to see this night of racing. Quite excited about it. I'm, I'm quite excited to see what Postman Pat does at the Meadows. Uh, do you have any insight info as to whether or not he's been to the Meadows under trial conditions? I would imagine he has, to be honest, Jim, but uh, I yeah, I don't have any mail or, or any info of what he's gone or anything like that, but I'd imagine that he would have had a look at, at the Meadows at some point since he's been in Jason Thompson's care. Run of the week. Run of the week time, and how could it not be, Smithy? Uh, the Maturity Classic last week, launch code getting the job done. Uh, what did you make of the run before we have a look at the replay? He just did everything right in the early stages. We were anticipating a high-pressure race, and launch code just took the pressure out of it and just went straight to the top and went all the way in, in reasonable enough time to get the job done in the Group 1. So, uh, yeah, all credit to the winner. Did it surprise you, though, that he was able to go as well as he did? I know he found the front, and there was a couple of greyhounds. I thought Make No Promise had him cold, and then he sort of ran into the back of launch code. It's a credit to Brooke and Jamie Ennis because he, he didn't even break 30 in his heat, yet he's come out in the final, gone 29.76. So he found what he needed to find, and I'm saying credit to uh, to Team Ennis, but uh, Matty <laughs> Pollard's the one who was doing all of the work down there. So what a what an amazing story that is as well. Yeah, I think uh, Brooke and Jamie headed off to Fiji either the Wednesday or the Thursday. So a few little nerve-wracking days for Matty Pollard, but he did a fantastic job. And I, I think it's pretty easy to forget. I know Launch Code was one of the slowest heat winners, but he, he was a $6 pre-post favourite before the heat. So uh, for him to come out 8 or $9 around that mark in the maturity uh, in the final, he was, he was probably overs in hindsight, but uh, I didn't tip him in the top four, so I can't claim any of the credit there. Racing, beginning quickly was Make No Promise, speed out from Launch Code is going to fire over and lead easily into the first turn Launch Code led, up to second Make No Promise, getting check was New Wave Wine, out deep was Tinker Norm, behind them was Zara Marnie off the speed, Professor Snitch well back Cracker Jack Boom, Baby JC Launch Code the leader after it was Make No Promise, Tinker Norm's running on, Launch Code in front, leads a length, trying to hold them off, and will! Group 1 for Launch Code! Second in, make no promise! Third was Tinker Terrific Norm. win. Uh, bouncing to the front. Uh, Tinker Norm looked a bit of a danger turning for home. You could imagine how excited Craig Burns would have been, but uh, courtesy of Sky Racing, Jason Adams caught up with the caretaker of the Ennis Kennel after the race, and here's that chat with Matt Pollard. Indeed, Matt Pollard, we spoke before the race, and hopefully he can get away in the best possible fashion. He was able to do that yeah. when he did. How'd you feel? Uh, excited, um, nervous last few days obviously leading into the race, so yeah, last racing a little bit, so exciting. As it should be, he's owned by Lou Pisano, what's your role in the, the whole scheme of things? Uh, friends of Brooke and Jamie, they're away for the week, so just looking after the property and the dogs, so first time I've met the owners tonight, so 
Leave it to the pros, as they say. That's it. Good job, mate. <laughs> Thank you. Well, there we go. How about that? I love that story. And surely, I don't know much about this fellow, Matty Pollard, but you'd have to think just you could see the emotion in the way he was standing there behind the boxes post-race. That would have to give him a little bit of a push, I reckon, to one day be coming a, a bit of a full-time greyhound trainer because he proved he could do it at the, the top end. And for Brooke and Jamie Ennis, well, that's going to make the holiday a little bit better, isn't it? Yeah, I got a message from Brooke saying that she was having a few cocktails to celebrate uh, in Fiji. But yeah, well done to Matty Pollard. It would have been a massive relief. You you have the weight of the world on your shoulders uh, in that sort of scenario and he managed to pull it off. So well done to everyone involved. And of course, Luigi Pisano, who uh, relinquished the training. He, he obviously still owns the dog, but relinqu- relinquished the training to Brooke and Jamie and uh, it's paid dividends. When you said relinquished, I was impressed, Smithy, because you've uh, shown a, a nice, I guess, stretch of vocabulary there. But uh, second time you said it, you buggered it up, and I like that. I like when you, I like when you make a mistake. It's rare. It doesn't, hap- it doesn't happen often, Jim, so you may as well jump on me and get stuck into me for it. <laughs> hey, just before we move on to, to next week's uh, racing this Saturday night, just wanted to chat a little bit about the Maturity Classic Honour Roll because uh, you mentioned last week on this podcast how how big and how important the maturity classic is it's one of your favorites and and when i went back and and sort of delved into the history books of the maturity classic i think it's phenomenal started off in 1970 raced at olympic park 1250 dollars prize money uh up for grabs back then but i went through some of the the winners of the uh the race and you've got tim lee right back in 1974 like he he is probably the the most well-known greyhound i reckon when it comes to to breeding that is just about in every single greyhound traces back to uh, that we see racing now and he was a winner of that Eureka Man uh, right up to the more recent years Brett Lee Hallucinate uh, there was just so many stars El Grand Senor Barsha Bale Fernando Bale I reckon was the number one of all of the winners Seneke Diner Paddy Mapunga Blazer Simon Told Helen so you made a very good point last week and that is the honour roll of honour rolls yeah, it's uh, it's as good as it gets. And while the Maturity Classic, you probably it's not in the forefront of your mind when you talk about the biggest and the best races. You probably think about the Melbourne Cup, the Australian Cup. But in all honesty, when you look at the honour rolls, uh, the Maturity Classic stacks up with any race that uh, we've ever had in Greyhound race, racing from all the way right back to, to 1970, as you said. And it, it seems to be like an uncanny knack, doesn't it, for these stars? Maybe not so much Launch Code this year as a bit of an underdog, but maybe he turns into a star. But it, it's been a race where the, the top echelon of Greyhounds find a way to continuously win that particular race. Yeah, exactly right. We saw where she's fast win it last year. I think she was at around the dollar twenty quote. Mm. But uh, yeah, launch code a little bit further out in the market. But uh, he he did it in really fine style, and he's got a big career ahead of him. That's for sure. Saturday's preview. Saturday night, uh, racing at the Meadows. We'll tear through the 12 races on the card. Race number one, I'm happy to go with the red silent bullet. Tipped him last week. Uh, he, he lost uh, no admiration, I think, from me. I thought his run was good in defeat. Second up at the Meadows, he can be a sharp improver. The danger's clearly number three, Morton, because there's a slow beginner drawn between them. The other runner to keep an eye on, Shimmer Stripe, looks to have uh, a whole heap of potential. Yeah, they're the three that I'd be honing in on in this race. I think Morton is my on-top selection. Uh, it was a fair punting plunge that, that uh, was pulled off on debut there and 28, uh, 29.89 on debut. They don't go much faster than that. So if he gets it his own way and lobs probably outside Silent Bullet, then he's going to be hard to beat. I don't reckon uh, Ian Bibby's had too many Meadow starters uh, in most recent years, but I reckon he might be onto a winning one here with race two, number three, Orson Fury. He's going to be a price, I reckon, almost double figures, but at his best, he's got a serious motor. 
this is an interesting race. I'm with Raven Nighthawk. It's going to be short, but it did go five seconds flat and then break 30 seconds overall last start. If it can go five seconds flat, then it's going to clear this field with ease and will be hard to run down if it's uh, going sub 30. Race three, my best bet of the night, number two, Tan and Black. I'm just a little bit concerned about the old mate Americano miss. I'm hoping Americano miss spears the leads, and then that'll that'll get rid of the problem of early contact because Tan and Black will not spear the leads, and then he can just tuck in, and he, I think he'll be too good for them. He's my each-way best bet of the night. Yeah, that's my concern with Tan and Black is what does Americano miss do from this Ben start. Uh, so I'm just going with a little bit more value with Panda Mick in box number four on the outside of Americano miss if... Uh, if she causes a little bit of mayhem for the inside brigade, I think he'll be hard to beat. Race four, sports bet final. I'm with Dutch Riders just uh, racing beautifully this uh, last four or five runs. And last week when you're leading Crystal Bale hands down, you know you're <coughs> going beautifully. So I think he can get the job done. There's a huge amount of speed in this one. Two, four, five. They can all go those low five-second sectionals. So I'm going to go with a little bit of value and a little bit of strength in the six and the seven. A bit of a two-unit play there for Race uh, five. I'm going with number two, El Dorado, on top. I think he's in the zone at the moment. Uh, how about Idolize? Had a litter of pups, came back, and then went 5.02, 29.95, even quicker uh, than her last run around the Meadows last November. Uh, that's a phenomenal training effort as well. Have you got a bit of the sniffle, Smithy? I'm hearing a lot of splattering from you, and I'm worried you've, uh, you've caught the magpie flu that uh, that all of the Collingwood Football Club fellas have had this week, I'm hearing. Just uh, just been working hard, Jim, as you know, on radio with you all week, and uh, I think my voice is a little bit worse for wear, so just having to clear it out every now and then, so I apologise to those that are listening. No, that's all right, mate. Who do you tip in race five, anyway? Uh, it's a tough one. It's a bit of a kind of a greyhounds on the comeback trail. El Dorado was probably, it was D-Day not too long ago, and he seems to be back in form. Stoutman Alley uh, had a fair bit of time off. Idolise, as you touched on, coming back after a litter of pups and to do what she did, that was unbelievable Unbelievable to see. Uh, on with Stoutman Alley, though, I don't love the map, but uh, I think he's back in form. He's super strong. He can uh, win from anywhere. Wasn't sure if Jarek Bale was, was going to come back and run a strong 700 metres this campaign, and I will put my hand up and say I was wrong. He is just powering home over 700. Give him more journey now. I reckon he needs the marathon, old Jarek Bale. I'm with him in race number six, the old Marvel. He's had 108 starts. He's won over 600,000 in the bank, and I can just see Team Dalbridge looking uh, for a three-peat down at sale uh, at the end of the year. I know he'll be as old as, uh, as old as the hills, but he is racing in such true form, Jarek Bale. I don't want to say I told you so, Jim, but I did say leading up to the fireball heats that he might be crying out for the 700 these days, Jarek. So there's one I've got up on you. Well, uh, I'll keep telling you those. But on with Sunnyside Joe in this one. Uh, 609-4178, a couple of starts he got Sandown and was an absolute ripper over the 600 at the Meadows here behind Succeed uh, in what was the third fastest uh fastest finishing time of the year at the Meadows that succeed ran in and Sunnyside Joe was taking ground off at late so uh, the one for me. Now on to race seven and I don't know if the watchdog is now just taking the piss, taking the mickey have you seen the form guide for race seven? <laughs> I haven't got the comments in All front right. of me, no. Race worthy of a group final Hector Frawley is the fastest oh, no. 600... Mate, I stopped there. I even had a message from uh, from Lisa Cockrell through the week, and she goes, I can't believe they keep calling my boy Hector Frawley. And I said, don't worry, Lisa, I'm into bat for you. No doubt about it. I opened the form guide, and after last week, you know, really, really quite strongly Smithy saying, it is bloody Hector Frawley, not Hector Frawley. And what do I see? Hector Frawley. I mean, I, I am come certain. on. Come I'm on. certain that they're just trying to uh, stir you up now, Jim. It has, that's the only reasonable explanation. And, mate, Winx doesn't start with a P. You know what I mean? 
<laughs> like, this is one of the best dogs in the game. Come on, watch. He lifts your game. Who do you tip, though, in this one, race number seven? Oh, gee it's an absolute cracker. They are <laughs> right is. in one sense that it's worthy of a group final. Uh, on with Andre Bale, <laughs> mainly just because it's uh, it's got the rail, but you could make a case for every runner in this one. Well, their comments are good. Everything else is good, except Hector Frawley is the only thing I don't like that they get wrong. <laughs> I suppose everyone has to get something wrong every now and then. But uh, I'm going to take a punt and go with Palawar King. I reckon he's dropped back at Wentworth Park to 500. was extraordinary last time. And, yeah, if he gets half a look at them, I think he can run a very, very big race. Race number eight, talk about uh, a big race. How about this one? We see Baby JC at Hanariko, who's been airborne. Landon Bale has been flying. It's a deep race. I'll probably go with it Hanariko, to be honest. His last two, I reckon, at Sandown Park on tracks that have not been flying have simply been outstanding. Uh, you said it was a deep race, and I'm going right deep into the uh, the depths of the prices here with Mapunga Warrior. I think Landon Bale will carve across, put some pressure on Baby JC early, and uh, maybe Adana Rico as well. They'll all be taking each other on, and Mapunga Warrior, the old boy, he'll, uh, he'll use box eight to his advantage and run a massive race at a big price. The world's best dog goes around in race nine, number three, Postman Pat. Uh, I'm, I'm just taken by him in every single facet of the word. Uh, I think he is a superstar. Uh, Postman Pat, and I think he'll win. Number three, uh, just can't see him getting beat the way he went at Sandown last time. He was simply extraordinary. 498, 1850s. They are Group 1 sections. He is a star. I think he'll be winning, but he's marked $1.10. So I think the Watchdog have got that one right. Yeah, I think if you're tipping against him, you've got uh, much bigger testicular fortitude than what I have. But I think you can play a Quinella or a same race multi or something along those lines with the three to win and then the one and the eight to run decent races, top three, top four sort of situation. Race number 10, City View Bistro, the tastiest uh, race on the program. I'm going to have a place bet on the three uh, sister sticker. I reckon this Greyhound's got a bit of go about her, and she does uh, hit the line pretty well. Uh, found a bit of trouble last time, but I'm willing to forgive. Back to 500, I think she'll storm home, uh, and should be a, a decent place price. Uh, I'm going to be with the two, Kyrie Bale, each way uh, all day, Jim. I reckon it's drawn much, much better this week, and I think it'll give a big sight. What about uh, race 11? I thought this was a really, really hard race to, to try and sort out to the point that... Uh, I'm not even certain I'll have a bet. I might I might go with the speed of Dr. Falcor because I reckon he has drawn uh, he has drawn nicely out wide, but he's just got to beat Napier Bale to the punch early. Yeah, if there was a race that I'd uh, want to sit out having a punt on, it'd be this one. But I'm with Gangster Paradise from the inside with a very low degree of confidence. Just loves to get off uh, Gangster Paradise, but uh, if she can do that from the inside and push, or if he can do that from the inside and push wide, he will be very, very competitive. What about race 12, the last race of the night? Probably doesn't get uh, that much easier than race number 11. Panama Wright's the favourite off a good uh, warnable win last time. But, yeah, I found this tough. I thought Roxy Uzo would lead. Um, and I, oh, there'll be pressure from the, the four as well, Aston Cassidy, who has a bit of pace. But I'm probably going to have a little each-way play on the red or the three. I think one of those are going to get the, the right run through in what looks a pretty hard race. Yeah, the three for me. I was pretty taken by the Sandown run. I know the times aren't uh, electric, 5.19, 29.78 overall. But uh, ear let a bail. Uh, just from the eye, I reckon there's a bit of improvement and the two turns might suit. So uh, I'll be with the three, Jim, in the last just cut you off there with the punters punning club stinger so I apologise Smithy just really expanding on your sentences at the moment uh, my punters punning club uh, I'm with Tan and Black I think can uh, can get the job done 25 each I'm going to ha- 
I'm going to have $5 the win and $45 the place on Mpunga Warrior, race eight, number eight, and the free-for-all that is an absolute cracker. I just think it's going to be high pressure, and he's quite used to that. That is the gutsiest tip I reckon you've ever given on this podcast. No word of a lie. Well, I, I thought I'd better, uh, better do something, Jim, and uh, hopefully hopefully I'm right. Hopefully I don't look silly. What are you really gambling with? Uh, call Gambler's Help, 1-800-858-858, or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au for free confidential support. As always, Smithy, great to catch up with you, mate. Have a good week, and uh, we shall uh, chat soon. Thanks, Jimmy. Inside Info. Time to get down and dirty on Inside Info and get the inside word ahead of the Meadows. Saturday night, Metropolitan Greyhound Racing in Melbourne Town. And a real favourite of mine on the podcast is Lukey Thompson. He is uh, raring to have a chat about a Greyhound that I absolutely adore in Postman. Pat, Lukey, hey, you must be pretty pumped, mate, as I welcome you back to the podcast. Thanks for having me on again, James. And, yet we, he's, um, he's pretty exciting and, yet. Nah, it'll be interesting what he does on Saturday. Hey, I, I made a call pretty early on that I reckon he looks like a strong version of Black Magic Opal. Now, that's that's no disrespect to Black Magic Opal. It's just completely how good Postman Pat looks. He And he sort of proved that with that win at Sandown last week where he can just reel off these ridiculous sections. Um, and he seems like, if anything, he's stronger than Black Magic Opal. Like, he can finish it off a bit harder, which uh, it's just a scary combination. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It, um, he's run on Thursday. He's always given the indication, but that he would run a a quick first split, and he he showed that last Thursday, running or well, breaking five seconds. And when he does that, he 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 can reel off just the elite sections just everywhere. He he can run the the quick first split. He runs the shows the acceleration, runs the the elite second split, and he's um he's got the strong run home. So when he Puts it together like that. Um, he's um, it takes a fair effort to to get close to him. Hey, did the old man have a chat to you when uh, you first got the phone call to take Postman Pat? Like, it's so so rare to see any greyhound from New Zealand come across to Australia and, and impact. So, do you know what it was like? And and if your old boy Jace was was keen to give Postman Pat a go, and what the expectations were, and obviously I'd I'd assume he's exceeded expectations far and above. Yeah, he, he definitely has. When um when Dad first got in contact um with the owners and well, it was really the the stud master of hooked on scotch, he was the the catalyst in in bringing him over. When Dad um had spoken to, to Darren about possibly bringing him over, Dad had no idea about his form. I had watched a couple of his races. I fluked it was one Sunday up at Hillsville actually. It was. There was a couple of nice races, heats of a group race in New Zealand, and I was more interested in watching a dog called Apawa Superstar, who is uh, he's probably the best dog over there in New Zealand. He's got multiple group ones, and he was equal favourites with this dog, Postman Paddo. I think he'd only had a handful of starts at the time, and I was thinking, geez, this, this bloke must go pretty good. And he, he came out, they jumped together, and he put three or four on him in a bleak for nine, and he didn't get any, any close to Apawa Superstar. And... That was the day he broke the track record and he came out won the group final the next week and it was probably a couple of months later that they were looking to send him over and give him a crack and um, 
we just wrapped it. They did, and yeah, very thankful. Tell you what, really, really gutsy move, both from Team Thompson and from the ownership to to send him across. And then you sort of wind the, the clock forward, I suppose. You know, not even that long. He's only been here what three or four months, and um, he's ran second in a Brisbane Cup. I reckon if he draws anywhere near the inside, he probably wins that race. And and then he comes out on a track that I'm rating as slow last week at Sandown and goes four ninety eight twenty nine oh six. And I'm I'm talking. Uh, of him on this podcast as being, you know, sort of the the next big thing in Greyhound Racing that can win a Melbourne Cup and and can claim everything. So, are you surprised? I guess how quickly he's he's come on and and what he's been able to produce in such a short period of time. Yeah, yeah. He um he his first couple of trials he was going nice, going good times, but he just gave it the feel that when he gets to the racetrack, he's a real competitor and he. He could go to that next level, um, and he showed that from the get-go. Um, and his first race at Geelong in a, a real hot mix, mix four five. We had dogs like Cybertruck, El Dorado, Boston Garden, Cashing Checks, and it was going to be a real test for him to see how he holds up against the the elite racing we have down in Victoria. And um, he just passed with flying colours, and he just hasn't put a foot wrong, even in that Brisbane Cup where he. Made a meal of the star, went up with the lids. His um, his determination and chase to 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 keep going and run a run a really nice second showed that um, he's not a one trick pony that just needs to get to the front. And if he doesn't, then it's game set match. He can um, yeah, he can really do it all. How does how does he rate right now amongst the the best of Team Thompson? I I know, mate. It's it's a very very hard parallel line to draw, I suppose, in comparison to some of the former champs. But on what he's been able to do, and and for you as a as as part of Team Thompson, who a lot of the time takes him to the track, do you, do you think he could be the greatest dog the Thompson team have ever trained? I think he poss- he definitely has the the possibility yeah. to. Um, I think. When from the dogs that I've seen come and go, the the two main ones that probably stand out are his dad hooked on Scotch, um, and Ben one down is probably yeah the two dogs that had just yeah ex- extreme amounts of ability. Um, uh, hooked on Scotch, unfortunately, we probably didn't get to see the best of him, even though what he did show was was phenomenal, um, winning a Hobart thousands and a Geelong Cup. And I think it was the third in the Melbourne Cup. But um, he was he suffered injury when he was around two and a half, and really, really ready to take off. Um, suffered a stopper injury that halted his career, and um, put him. We brought him back, and he just wasn't the same. And you know, I think got maybe a dozen more runs in and pulled the pin and put him to stud. Um, but this bloke here, he just yeah, as I said, when he jumps like he did last week, he, he really has it all. And if he can do that in some of the bigger races near near the pointing end of the year, um, it's, um, it'd be yeah, it'd be huge. Well, mate, absolutely no pressure, but I've tipped him to just about everyone to win a Melbourne Cup, a Phoenix, <laughs> a Top Gun. I, I think he could even win a million-dollar chase and, and just, just have one of those incredible years that we look back on as, as an absolute superstar. And we're crossing fingers that he can stay sound and do that because I think uh, in this industry there's nothing better than having an absolute superstar up and going at the peak of their powers. We'll speak about another superstar from your kennel in just a moment. Uh, but the other runner Saturday night is Navarino. And, look, well, he may not be the class of postman, Pat, but I tell you what this this boy's got plenty of talent he's won nine out of 21 how do you rate his chances from uh, box six in race seven yeah geez he's he's in a you would 
mistaken it for a rookie rebel or a Hume Cup, the um the race that he's in. Uh, you got Hector Frawley, Yachi Bale. Oh, mate, um, mate I've, I've got to hold you. All those type of dogs. I've got to hold you up, Lukey, because uh, I've been going absolutely bananas on this podcast about everyone calling him Hector Frawley. Now, the watchdog keeps making a mistake about uh, Hector Frawley, putting an R in there, but his name's actually Hector Frawley. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that's called me slipping because I reckon I oh, yeah see those comments <laughs> and I just go, I just call with Hector Frawley, but well, yeah, Hector Frawley. Every, yeah, everyone's everyone's starting to slip down the Frawley path because we're seeing it in the long <laughs> guide so much. So I'm sort of going head to head with the watchdog. But back to what you're saying, anyway, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just um, it's an ex- yeah, extremely hot field. You got Palawar King um, venturing down as well. Andre Bale. Um, it's a really hot race, and he's. Only new to the 600 metres, he had his first run last week and it was a it was a nice effort. He did a bit wrong. Um, he'd had a trial there at the Meadows on the Monday just to run, jump um, out of the 600 metre boxes to the back split and he went really nice. And um, if he can replicate the splits that he showed there on Saturday night, he'll, um, he'll be up there hopefully leading, and um, it'll be interesting to see what he can do. Hey, needless to say, I think the best of the two will be Postman Pat on Saturday night. <laughs> yes, yeah, just, yeah, just quietly. I'd, uh, <laughs> out of the two, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd be pushing more towards him. <laughs> I reckon he's $1.10 in the form guide, so he won't get too <laughs> carried away. Uh, speaking of short, short, short favourites, the Members' Trophy up the straight at Hillsville, rescheduled from last week after the lure went uh, crashing off the, the railing, which was uh, extraordinary scenes. Uh, the race rescheduled for Sunday and Unleashed Kalinda drawn box number six. What a what a greyhound he is. He's won 30 races, 46 starts. He's I reckon he's gone to that next level. Although he hasn't won a provincial country cup, he's just sort of started Started to produce those phenomenal times on a regular basis. He's jumping well. I, I reckon he's going to make a stud dog down the track. He, he, how do you how do you rate him? I suppose, and, and how do you rate his chances against potentially one of the other straight track superstars in maybe yesterday on Sunday? Yeah, I think um, like you said before um, about him beginning a lot safer and a lot better has been the the key to him, and probably the last six months really. He's um, early doors. He was. When he didn't get a ride, he was visited by three three to four lengths. And um, when you're doing that at this top level, it's just impossible to get into the races. But um, he, when he misses it now, he probably only misses a half to maybe a length at worst. And he's shown at times that he, when he gets it right, he, he just, yeah, he's got that unrivaled acceleration, especially up the straight that um, they just struggle to keep with him. Um, Sunday's race, he's... Drawn ideally being out wide, um, of course, um, maybe yesterday. I think they've raced together seven times and we've got the nod every time, but he, he's any other – if there was no Unleashed Kalinda, he would be just an absolute mm. marvel himself. He, he's a super dog up there and he, he will – it could even be Sunday that he could knock us off. He He's due to and um, I'd, I'd rather him knock us off this Sunday, <laughs> not in a Hillsville Cup or a – or nationals or in the arrow series um um he's just a superstar himself but um hopefully we can we can do the job again on sunday i'll tell you what mate i don't think any greyhound's going to knock you off in the arrow series coming up in the next few weeks that head-to-head match racing plays right to his advantage one thing i will say about the watchdog i don't like how he calls hector Frawley hector Frawley, but he says uh, to the comment of maybe yesterday is black caviar's hay list and I reckon that's for maybe yesterday. And I reckon that is the perfect description because he just keeps running into the champ unleashed Galinda and he just can't beat him. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a real. I know Andrew would yeah 
every time they come up against each other, probably be kicking himself. But he, he is due to probably knock us off. He's some of the oh, he's gotten close to. I think he ran maybe sixteen oh eight or sixteen oh nine over the three hundred meters, which is just off what Unleashed Kalinda's produced, and he can run eighteen eighty probably on a quick track, maybe even eighteen seventies, which is not far off what Unleashed Kalinda can do. So if he can put his best together and we we make a mistake, well, we've got the the job ahead of us to try and to try and run him down or match him, which is um which is very hard to do. But um hopefully we don't get to that and he can he can jump safe unleash and um just put put another spectacular run together on Sunday. Hey has Postman Pat ever been up the straight before? Hillsville? He his first couple of runs actually were up Hillsville just to get him used to the catching pen. Yep. Um obviously coming from New Zealand they'd finish on the arm and don't have the catching pen. So his first couple of trials were actually there, just more so to, to get used to him from that standpoint. And um, he actually had a – I remember he had a – we had a 350-metre trial and we had him, Kalinda Chips and Got Attitude. And I think Got Attitude beat Postman Pat by a length and there was half a length to Kalinda Chips, which um, you, you would – hear me say that and probably think, no, nah, that can't be right with, <laughs> with what Postman Pad does. But um a lot of a lot of dogs it, they don't adapt to the to the straight, you know, if you put where well, she's fast or she's a pearl up the straight, they probably can't run the times that Unleash Kalinda does, mm. but vice versa, you put Unleash Kalinda and a half on a sand down or the meadows, he probably he won't run the times that they do. It's just finding what's best for each dog and um figuring out what their strengths are and then making the most of it. Hey, mate, it's been a, a great insight and we can hear the passion and love for the sport that you have and you're a, you're a form student as well. So as I let you go, Lukey, what would be a greyhound that I can pop in my black book from Team Thompson to follow? Don't give me Postman, Pat, because he's already at the top of my list. No, 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 we won't use him. Um, oh, we've got a really strong team at the moment and a lot of them are young dogs that are um, pushing towards the end of the year with the Melbourne Cup and... And those type of races, they could feature. Um, I like a dog we've got a well, recent addition to the kennel, Volkanovski. Yeah, okay. Um, he's, he, he's only had the three starts for us, and um, he had the one start for for Kate Gorman up Hillsville. He's coming off a, an Achilles injury, and that was in, I think, around January. So we're coming off six months since he's done that, and he's not had a lot of work even before we'd got him. And we've finally really just been putting him in to, to build his fitness and his his three performances have been really, really strong and very good. Um, probably in another another three or four runs underneath him, he'll be getting back to peak fitness. And I think well, there's only really the one country cup left at the end of the year being the Bendigo Cup. But I think going into next year um, with all the carnivals at the start of the year, I think he could be a really nice country cup dog and even um, – contend in the Melbourne Cups and the features races at the end of the year. Beautiful, mate. Uh, race 8, number 7, Warrigal, Tuesday the 1st for Volkanovski's next assignment. Hey, Lukey, really, really appreciate your time. It was a great insight, as I said a moment ago. Good luck with Postman Pat Saturday. I'll be calling, but you might even hear a little bit of favouritism and a little bit of cheering from the broadcast because he's already <laughs> become a favourite of mine. So all the best. Uh, always a pleasure, James. Thank you. What are you really gambling with? Call Gambler's Help, 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au for free confidential support.